I'm Chris Reback. This is Political Wire Conversations. Will Republicans retake the Senate in 2014? What will happen in the House? What's the latest in 2016 presidential politics? People who want to stay ahead of the curve in politics turn to our good friends at the Cook Political Report for answers. For more than 30 years, Charlie Cook and his team have nailed the nation's most important election outcomes and political trends. CBS News' Bob Schieffer calls the report, quote, the Bible of American politics. Nate Silver says few have, quote, a longer track record of success. If you make it your business to know politics, you need to subscribe to the Cook Political Report. Head over to cookpolitical.com slash political wire. That's cookpolitical.com slash political wire to sign up today. And now to our conversation. With less than a month to go, the question that's been at the center of the midterm elections continues to be the big unknown. Who will take control of the Senate? We know the stats. 36 races are on the ballots to take over control. Republicans need a net gain of six. And the closer we get, the more the contest seems to be coming down to just four or five key states. As listeners of this podcast know, most predictions show probabilities leaning toward a Republican win. Of course, a few notable exceptions exist. And now, a new one. The Women's Voices Women's Vote Action Fund and Democracy Corps teamed up to look at the Senate races. Their finding? For the first time in this election cycle, movement across a, quote, range of indicators that suggest the Democrats are more likely to hold control of the Senate than not. The survey was conducted by Stan Greenberg, longtime Democratic pollster, polling advisor to President Bill Clinton, Al Gore and Nelson Mandela, among many others, CEO of Greenberg, Quinlan and Rossner, and co-founder of Democracy Corps. Stan, thanks for joining me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Democrats are more likely to hold control of the U.S. Senate than not. Mm -hmm. You're not saying that just because you're a Democratic pollster, are you? No, and I have to tell you, I stared and stared at this uh, data, which is a this is a <clears throat> this is a very credible um, poll, and I don't um, <clears throat> I say that because of Charlie Cook and the others who have looked at what uh, the Democracy Corps has done uh, with these battleground polls that we've conducted both in the House um, now in the uh, Senate elections, which have been right in the, in um, in each of the elections uh, going back to 2006. Um, so the, and what I, you know, what I'm, what I'm looking at is, and let's be, let's be honest. This is a, this is a very tilted Republican battleground. Uh, Romney won, you know, won these, you know, states by, you know, eight points. The, um, and that's, and that is also true in this poll. I mean, this is, you know, quite, you know, Republican, uh, battleground, only 3%, uh, Hispanic, uh, voters in this likely, uh, electorate. Um, and yet, when you look underneath, you, uh, you see movement across the board. Now, you don't see movement in the vote. I mean, this is this is a tough battleground, still on a knife, you know, a knife's edge. Uh, but usually, in elections, when things begin to move, uh, um, they keep moving. Um, and it, you know, and all of these races are with you know within, or many of them are within a point or two. And so, you know, clearly it doesn't take very much, but the, usually when things begin to move, they move, they continue to move in that direction. And, and all of these indicators, uh, are positive for the Democrats, including the president being viewed more positively uh, than he was before the afford, that's also true of the Affordable Care Act, the, uh, the, the hostility to the president, uh, dropping off, um, you know, a touch and the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, you know, a little bit. Um, the you know the Democratic incumbents you know building up their 
standing with the voters despite all the attacks. So that, you know, and, and probably I would say the most important piece. Okay. So, you know, so yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on. No, yeah. no, no, go ahead. Well, was, no, so, I would so, say the most important piece is the receptivity to the message. That the, the, we tested very, the, the same messages that we tested, you know, three months ago. Um, the Democratic message is testing stronger and more impactful. And that usually happens when things are beginning to gather in your favor. So I, I want to uh, discuss with you that momentum. I want to talk about the, the various factors and, and your point that once momentum starts and once things start to go in a certain direction, um, you, you're finding historically is that they kind of continue in that way. But but let's just level set for, for a quick uh, moment on, on kind of two fronts. One is the Senate battleground. How, how do you define that? How did you really look at it? Is that all open seats mm-hmm. or did you, you know, I know you went, you, you did deeper uh, polling in, in four states um, mm-hmm. and you could talk about that. And, and two, just the, the broad strokes around the latest poll, you know, who did you mm-hmm. talk to, um, you know, and, and, and all of that, because I know you, you did quite a number of, of surveys. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to level set on, on what you did. Okay. That's a, um, thanks for asking that. The, um, uh, first of all, we do not have in the battleground the states, you know, that are not competitive, uh, in which, you know, dem- either the Democratic, you know, incumbent uh, is safe, like in Minnesota, um, or Oregon, we've not included, you know, parts of the battleground, what would have been in the battleground, like Monta- Montana, um, and South Dakota, you know, states that are, you know, are, uh, that are not proving competitive. So we tried to be only in those states. Uh, where the races seem, you know, potentially in range for the uh, for it to uh, um, switch. Um, so it does, inc- you know, it does include on if we go to the most democratic states there, it does include a New Hampshire, um, you know, and a and a, Col- and a Colorado, um, you know, in it, which um, potentially could have been close races, um, you know, in here, um, and it includes, you know, the you know Kentucky and Georgia's open seats. Uh, well, not open seats. So the incumbent uh, senator in one case, so, you know, open seat in the other. Yeah, in Kentucky, um, and open, of course. And which you have Georgia. some of the interesting women who are challenging it. But it's you know, but it's twelve, you know, twelve you know states that are you know that are close, um, and could swing. Uh, the um, it's important because we uh, this is a these are our off year voters. This is done off a of voter file. Um, they are. This is not, you know, screened through. This often happens with national polls. We have a real question: Is this really the electorate that we're likely to see in this kind of year? Now, that's very important. In an off year, where turn, you know, where turnout is less than presidential. So we only interviewed people uh, who had voted, and we know they voted in either 2006, an off year, or 2010, an off year. One was a Democratic year. One was Republican year. Um, new registrants had to be very intensely um, interested in voting, but the, these are these are off year voters that are uh, in the sample. Um, we interviewed an even number in each state, but we also did um, you know uh, not, uh, extra interviews uh, to do 400 uh, interviews in each of the states that are really at the heart of this, which are you know Georgia uh, and North Carolina, Iowa and Colorado. If you know how those states will go, then you will, you know, you will have a very good idea of how this is going to break. And, you know, and when you look in, you know, when you looked at those states, um, uh, we reflected you know, what was already happening, you know, in the polling, you know, in those, uh, in those states. Uh, but what we showed is that there's been major movement toward the Democrats and there's, and there's potential uh, further movement because the underlying dynamics has, been fav- has become more favorable uh, for the Democrats. And is that 
the the headline from what you found? Is it that you feel mm-hmm. like momentum is moving across um, mm-hmm. a, a number of factors, and we'll we'll get into mm-hmm. those specific factors? Yeah. Is it is this more of a momentum is shifting headline, or did you get down to hard numbers, hard seats where you're saying, and particularly mm-hmm. focusing in these, you know? four states, Colorado, Georgia, Iowa, North Carolina, where you said, you know what, Republicans need a net total of six, and we, we just don't, it, it doesn't look like it's going in that mm-hmm. direction. Well, I think the, um, the trend, uh, there's a, the, look, there's a momentum, you know, there's a couple pieces of this, maybe even three that I would talk about. One is, this was meant to be very tough terrain because it's very Republican, Romney won it, a president's, you know, less, you know, unpopular Democrats supposedly carrying the burden of health care, you know, around their necks. Now, I mean, the first thing we found is that all those things, which we measured three months ago, have gotten less to be less of a problem, you know, for the candidates. And so, you know, that is a kind of a change. And it's kind of it's in the in the bank. I mean, Democrats still need to win these seats, but they're just not as hard. And in fact, it's part of the reason why these you know, why so many people at the outset of the cycle expected Republicans to win control handily have now had to dial, you know, back. And I think that's because of these factors. The piece of momentum that cuts across all these uh, states uh, is what's happening with women, uh, particularly working class women um, and unmarried women, um, who have moved very dramatically over the last three months. Uh, you're, um, if you take white unmarried women, uh, first of all, step back about unmarried women. America has become a majority unmarried country. Um, it's a much more secular unmarried, you know, uh, unmarried uh, uh, country in which, a, you know, a potentially a quarter of the electorate are unmarried women. So this is not a small trend. It's much bigger than any group you can think of that we'd identify as important in deciding, you know, elections, whether it's union members or whether, you know, whether we're dealing with African-Americans or Latinos or evangelicals, this is a bigger group, unmarried women. And uh, the battlegrounds is quite white. Now, they have shifted 14 points in the, the, in the, in the three month period that we're talking about. Uh, across, moved, across your uh, battleground states? Across, across all the battleground states and in each of the key battleground states. So it's part of what's happening, you know, in, uh, that is what, what campaigns are addressing in each of them. And what we have seen is that, uh, those voters have, are now more and more intent on voting. And the thing that really surprised us is when you said, why are you voting, you know, for the Democrat? The, what we found was, you know, top was the economy, not a surprise, but close was the the new health care law and the and the issues uh, and the position of the candidates on issues affecting women. Um, what's happened is that you know the Democrats in these races have been you know running aggressively on their women's economic agenda. They've been cra- uh, attacking the Republicans. Um, whether it's on abortion, contraception, but even more on economic issues, um, like their opposition to believing that there's a disparity in pay between, between men and women, that's become you know central battleground. Um, and they have you know these women have moved, and the evidence is they what's happened is it's not just that the issue hits them; they suddenly have under, now understand they have a stake in this election, and they are increasing their intention to vote. And we now show that you know the Democrats and Republicans at parity on intention to vote, which is a uh, a big change from what we expected. 
And how significant of a segment of the voting public is this? I mean, you, you talk about it, you know, we're a majority unmarried country and, um, you, you know, the, the role and, and influence of unmarried women across the political and, you know, business and all sorts of aspects of society only continuing to grow. But, but if their intensity uh, around the issues is increasing, their um, intention to vote is increasing, is that a significant enough number, you know, raw number to move results? Or does that, you know, mm-hmm. is that just kind of, well, it's interesting, but mm-hmm. you're still talking about a small percentage of overall uh, impact. Okay, let's first of all, let's remember they are one, you know, they are you know, a little more than one um, and five voters uh, in this off year electorate. So they are, there's, there's few, there are few groups that are more important than unmarried women in affecting the election. Now, it used to be that Men and women would split their votes pretty, you know, evenly. But when, when you have unmarried women voting 70 percent, 71 percent, for Obama in 2012, you know, when a group is voting for the Democrats at that level, <clears throat> when it increases its participation rate, you know, or its vote share. So what we have seen is when I say they, the vote margin in the last three months has gone up 14 points uh, with white unmarried, you know, women. That is, that's enough, you know. To win this election, and the evidence is that um, they would move further, um, up almost up to their presidential level, um, if they, you know, hear the issues that they are focused on in the last month. Um, this poll shows the potential for more movement, and the, and that's, you know, that's because this trend has been set in motion, um, and because the campaigns are, you know, are reinforcing these issues. So um, they are, you know, they are. They are changing the probability that Democrats win these states, and they have the prospect of doing that in the month ahead. Okay, let's let's talk about another factor. You touched on uh, him earlier, President Obama. Uh, you indicated that uh, his approval, you know, which which has been um, uh, miserable, uh, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know if you know. You'll tell me if you think that's an unfair characterization, but you know, certainly mm-hmm. been very very low. Um, and and I know that you found that it's now you know up to forty one percent. Um, in the battleground states and up to 46 percent on uh, handling the, uh, you know, the, the ISIS um, issues around uh, Iraq and Syria. So first, you know, is that a is that a real sustainable movement um, for, uh, you know, and standing mm-hmm. for the president? Is that something that maybe, you know, while you took this poll and did these mm-hmm. surveys, something was happening in that time? And, and, and you know, is that just an upward blip that they can go down how sustainable mm-hmm. is that and i guess how much of a factor is it as you look you know at the state by state voting um <clears throat> i'm not sure the um i'll be honest with you the uh we do know that nationally at the time we were polling nationally the president had been around 42 percent approval but if you took the last 10 polls that were conducted at the end of the month in the period when we were polling his approval had gone up from 42% to 44%. So there had been an uptick um, that the press hadn't talked about, um, you know, in his standing. And we don't, we don't know whether that's sustainable. What we do know is that his handling, you know, on ISIS is uh, h- higher than his overall approval. And so that would tend to, uh, to raise it, you know, but obviously you have to see how that, you know, plays out. There's been some evidence on the economy that, you know, potentially that, you know, in the, um, since, you know, after the point at which we polled, so that, you know, potentially, you know, could affect, 
his, his approval rating. So, um, so we don't, you know, we don't, we don't know that the, the intensity, I mean, I think the intensity, uh, you know, is off. I think the bigger issue I think is the related to the president, uh, is the affordable care act because <clears throat> there's nothing, uh, that, that has been the central uh, attack of Republicans, um, until a couple months ago, you know, over half their ads, we're on the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, that's that. That's now down to about a quarter, but it's still their, you know, um, their, you know, they, you know, their main, you know, their main attack. Uh, the and what we do know is that the uh, the afford, the support for the Affordable Care Act is going up, and opposition down, and more importantly, the intense opposition has gone down, um, and. Uh, and it's emerged as a reason um, to vote for Democrats as voters uh, begin to see that uh, benefits that are emerging are at risk as Republicans continue to say they will repeal or replace, uh, replace it, um, you know, in their advertising, you know, in, and in their debates. And so the um, that is not going to get worse. That's going to get better. Um, in fact, if you if you look at the you know what we ask in the survey on the Affordable Care Act. Whenever you hear a commentator say, well, the unpopular, you know, the, he's doing well despite the unpopularity of Obamacare. Well, it's just not true, and it's not even true in the battleground. Um, we have about 55% who say they're opposed to the Affordable Care Act, you know, in the battleground. But we ask, you know, a follow-up question that we constructed together with the uh, Republican pollster, Whit Ayers. He actually wrote the text. Uh, who also who, who is you know partner with Carl Rove uh, in uh, in his work, um, and the question said, "Are you opposed to this because it is a you know a big government program, too much spending, or are you opposed to it because uh, it is um, too much private insurance um, and not a and I prefer a government run single payer, government run uh, Canadian style." Healthcare system. Um, well, it turns out that one fifth of the opponents are opposed because it's not a government-run Canadian system. You know that means that 10% of the voters, you know, are against it because it's not big enough. Right. And so Republicans spending massively on this, uh, but only there's only 42% a minority of voters uh, that are really opposed to it and exercised by the the threat that it represents. But the people who are now seeing benefits are starting to vote for it. Anyway, that's not going to change. That is that trend, which is obviously based on people's participation in it and seeing the benefits, um, as well as the clarity of Republican intention to replace it. You know, means that that uh, will you know help the uh, Democrats going forward. Yeah, that that analysis that you did uh, showing that you know that the, the percentage, I guess, uh, you know, one fifth of the people who say they you know don't like. Uh, the ACA, you know, said they don't like it because it kind of doesn't go far enough. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that I had seen that analysis elsewhere. Did mm-hmm. I just miss it? Had you seen that elsewhere? Well, I mean, did- uh, well, yeah, we've been finding it, and and we adopted what the you know the media uh, the question the po- the polling wording that the media had been using, which is whether it goes too far, yeah. you know, or far yeah. enough. Uh, but the media has been reluctant to interpret, you know, to interpret what does it mean when it says that you know it doesn't go far enough. And so that's why we had the Republican write, the, you know, um, the, uh, to ex- write this option, and we tested it, which says, you know, what it means is that I, you know, I prefer a government-run, single-payer government system. That's, you know, that's what it means. And there's one in ten in this conservative battleground 
um, who are opposed for that reason, uh, which is very just disrupts. You know, I think uh, if if I am right and Democrats edge past and and hold the the, uh, the Senate, uh, the we'll have to look back. You know, at the interpretation of the Affordable Care Act and what the meaning of it is for the uh, for the country's future. Stan, as you look at uh, the Senate races and state by state, I, I would assume that among the things that's so hard is you, you have a race that is intrinsic to a particular state, yet at the same time, some level of national politics needs to factor in. And, and so how much of a factor is the national standing of the parties? And, and what I wanted to pick up on was, you know, you say that uh, the reason why the battle has become less uphill is the improved position of the Democrat. Democratic Party and Democratic incumbents and the worsening standing of Republican candidates and Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. Does Mitch McConnell matter much in Colorado or in Iowa? I mean, I know he does in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. of course, but, you know, does he matter in those other states? Well, I mean, he does. I mean, uh, the um, and the look, they ran, you know, in 2010, you know, they ran, you know, against Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the you know as the kind of the face of the Democratic Party as they saw it, um, and they were successful you know in demonizing uh, and using it uh, in the elections. Here, what we're dealing with is the you know you know we have you know we're, there's a number of things going on in the country. One of which nationally, one of which is the president's you know not that popular. That's true, uh, but the other is that the Republican Party is immensely unpopular. Um, and the House Republicans in particular is the main defining institution that people hate the most. Uh, and the, um, you know, and, and in the House, to be honest, in the House, in the House races, the Speaker of the House is a, you know, is part of the story and part of the narrative. Um, but in the Senate, Mitch McConnell has become his, he is now as, as well known as Harry Reid. Um, and, and in terms of, uh, he's also the most negative political figure that we've tested right now in the country, and he's the face, you know, the face of it. And so, it does matter. The brand of the Republican Party, people don't, you know, uh, think they are mainly responsible for the, you know, the gridlock, um, and uh, um, and that's what keeps the Democrats in, you know, in play in these you know, seats that are quite Republican. Because even in these seats, when I say the Democratic brand is improved, and the Democratic Party is viewed more favorably than the Republican. Okay. Keep in mind, these are states that Romney won by eight points. So the fact that the Republican brand is less than the Democratic in these states is part of the reason why the, these Democratic senators are competitive. Which races, you know, the, the political junkie in you, which races do you get up every morning and uh, you know you just can't can't wait to see what's going on in in that race which which ones are you hmm. following most I know closely this is boring uh, the uh, uh, and it also relates to where where we have you know our own polling but you know look I know if I know if Iowa and Colorado go um, you know the Democrats will will hold you know will hold the Senate uh, the uh, and so the and they also and they are also kind of you know semi you know blue states you know, in terms of presidential, you know, elections and have been trending Democratic. And so I've been waiting for them to, you know, and and both of them have, you know, for various reasons, you know, have been, you know, difficult. And Republicans, you know, uh, may have been ahead, uh, as, you know, at some point, I'm not sure about Colorado on that. But the, you know, but they were, you know, they Democrats were had, the, you know, were struggling much more than you would have thought. 
Um, and you know, the Democrats are, you know, are genuinely have a shot here in the, uh, in Georgia and Kentucky, um, and Kansas. And so, um, you know, obviously you stop and, and shock and look at Kansas and say, if that happens, I, you know, the, it's hard to see how Republicans win. And are you in a position to kind of translate all of this into your probability around where the numbers will end up? Do you, do you know, have you kind of gone down that road and, and looked at each Senate race and, and, you know, at a point where you can say, okay, you know, my, the best view right now, right here, right now is this many seats, uh, democratic, this many seats, Republican. Look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I'm, uh, I used my language, uh, you know, carefully about that Democrats were more likely than not. I, 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 I knew, I, I assumed you did. <laughs> I didn't, put, I didn't put a number on it. You know, I, you know, the, and so the, uh, you know, you know, a lot of this has to do with, you know, something just more, you know, more texture to this. So the, you know, the, because I've, you know, I've done races, you know, I know, you know, I know that when you, when you're, lo- when you're losing it, when it's moving against you, you know, you can test your messages, you know, a, a month before the election and, you know, you'll get no response. The fact that in this Republican territory, our, our messages are testing stronger than their messages says to me that this thing is, has traction for Democrats that there's, and you know there's a lot of alignment between what candidate Democrats are running on, um, and it's clearly been effective, and so it's it's much more a sense that it's moving toward the Democrats underneath, um, you know, rather than that I have a strict probability on particular races or the even overall. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive you if at the end, uh, whatever the result is, you, you say, well, that was exactly the number that I had in mind, Reback, when I, when I spoke with you a month ago. Um, and just to, just to close out, I probably should have asked you this at the top, but just so that there's, you know, full transparency all around. I, obviously, I mean, you, you're well known, incredibly well known, longtime Democratic pollster. Are, are you working with or for any of these specific campaigns? I, I surely could have found that, uh, I, mm-hmm. I would assume on, on your website, but, just just for transparency or particularly in yeah. any of these battlegrounds are you you know are, are you you really are you getting paid by any of these candidates are you involved in any of these races yeah um, i'm not, i'm not the um, that is i guess because i don't you know do the uh, senate races in the us i do a lot of international campaigns but i'm the uh, um, i do presidential level uh, for the most part the firm you know is involved in a, in a number of the uh, Senate races directly and some of the uh, independently in the independent expenditure efforts. Um, so I, you know, the we, I, we, you know, the, and that would be true of any Democratic pollster. Uh, we only we don't work, uh, you know, across the aisle in the, in, uh, in this country. Yep. And we don't believe in that. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the 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 I think the, the the thing about Democracy Corps and the and this Senate battleground poll. Is that we release everything? Uh, we release all the data. Uh, we have full disclosure. All, we release all questions. The press have come to accept um, that uh, you know that we that we uh, we from Nate Silver for the at the presidential level we were viewed as the most uh, accurate uh, poll of the presidential cycle. And so um, yes, we do work for uh, clients. Um, we are rooting for them, uh, but that's not what this is based on. 
Okay, terrific. I, I, I thought I knew the answer, but uh, just wanted to, to make sure. Stan Greenberg, uh, longtime Democratic pollster, CEO of Greenberg, Quinlan Rosnar, uh, co-founder of Democracy Corps. The new poll is the Women's Voices, Women's Vote Action Fund, and Democracy Corps poll. Stan, thank you, uh, as always, for making time. I'm Chris Reback. This is Political Wire Conversations.